Some of you may know of that as actually saying uh, lions and tigers and bears, oh my. That's where I kind of got it from. But it doesn't talk about tigers in the Bible, but it does talk about lions and bears and giants. And what I want to share with you today is an event that happened in David's life. While he was still a youth. And to bring us up to that point, you need to know that Saul was king of Israel. And David was a young lad. But King Saul had disobeyed God. And uh, as a result, God said, you will be removed as king. It didn't happen immediately. It took time. But he had Samuel go out and anoint a new king. And that new king was going to be David. David was the youngest son of Jesse. And he spent his time out in the fields watching over his sheep. He was a young shepherd boy. There was a Philistine in the land by the name of Goliath. And he would come out into this valley and he would taunt the army of Israel. And he would taunt God. He would make accusations about Israel and about their God, about our God. David had been sent from the fields to take some food to his brothers. He had older brothers and they were in the army. And one day he got there and he saw Goliath come out. And he heard what Goliath said. And it troubled him greatly. And he started talking to the people around there. And he said, why isn't someone doing anything? Isn't anybody going to do anything about this man? You know, and they all said, hey, he's a giant. He was, he was over nine feet tall. The spear he carried, the point on it weighed about 15 pounds alone. He was a huge man with huge weapons. And David was really troubled by this. So I'd like us to go to the book of 1 Samuel. And we're going to start in verse 28 of chapter 17. When Eliab, David's oldest brother, heard him speaking with the men, he burned with anger at him and asked, Why have you come down here? With whom did you leave those few sheep in the wilderness? I know how conceited you are and how wicked your heart is. You came down only to watch the battle. Now what have I done, said David? Can't I even speak? He then turned away to someone else and brought up the same matter. And the men answered him as before. What David said was overheard and reported to Saul, and Saul sent for him. Now David said to Saul, let no one lose heart on account of this Philistine. Your servant will go down and fight him. Saul replied, you are not able to go out against this Philistine and fight him. (coughs) 
you are only a young man, and he has been a warrior from his youth. But David said to Saul, your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. And when a lion or a bear came and carried off a sheep from the flock, I went after it, and I rescued it. I rescued, I struck it, and I rescued the sheep from his mouth. And when it turned on me, I seized him by the hair, and I struck it and killed it. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. And this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them because he has defied the armies of the living God. The Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will rescue me from the hand of this Philistine. Saul said to David, go and the Lord be with you. What can we learn from this story about David and Goliath? The questions I would ask you is, what are the lions and the giants and the bears in your life? Do you have people who discourage you? Are there people in your life that encourage you? We're going to look at these things. First of all, David came down there and he saw what was going on. And he asked, why isn't something being done? And then finally he said, since nobody else is going to do it, I'm going to do it. How many times in our lives have we said, why isn't someone doing something about this situation? Why isn't someone handling this? Why isn't someone taking control? Why isn't someone stepping up to the front and doing something? We need to ask that ourselves because we all are somebodies. You know, we have a purpose. We have a calling to our life. We're all gathered here. Why? Because we love Jesus. We want to know more about him. We want to know what his will is for our life. How do we learn that? How do we get a hold of that? How do we make it real in our life? The first thing that David said to Saul was, let no one lose heart on account of this Philistine. Your servant will go and fight him. I'd like us to look at Titus chapter 1, verse 9. He must first hold firmly to the trustworthy message that he has been taught so that he can encourage others by sound doctrine and refute those who oppose it. David was holding on to what he was taught. From his youth, he had heard the stories, probably read the stories. He knew the first books of the Bible, the books that Moses wrote. The told about the encounters with God how he set the people of Israel free from Egypt, led them out into the wilderness, how he provided for them, how he rescued them, how he sustained them. He knew those things, and he kept them in his heart, and he knew them from his youth, and he was going to hang on to it, and he was going to share it with those who were trying to discourage him. 
You know, his brother said he was conceited and he was wicked. He had a wicked heart. There are people in our lives that will say lies about us. And we can either listen to those lies and believe them or we can refute them. We can say, no, the Lord has shown me that I am his child, that I am his kid. He has given me gifts. He provides for me. Let those things encourage us. When um, David did this by recounting the story of how the Lord had delivered into his hand the lion and the bear, how he'd been able to rescue the sheep. He was just a lad, and yet he was courageous. He was not fearful. He went forth and did what he had to do, what he knew he had to do. He had heard the stories about Joshua and how God had told him as they crossed over into Canaan to be strong and courageous, about that God would not leave him or forsake him. Those are things that we need to hang on to because God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he tells us those same things, to be strong and courageous. He's not going to leave us. He's not going to forsake us. And so he recounted these stories of how these things had happened and how God had delivered him and how this giant was no different than the lion or the bear. Some of the trials and the tribulations, the testings we come into, some of them are big, some of them are small, but they're all real. They're all there to cause us to stumble and fall in many ways. You know, Scripture tells us that uh, in Peter, it says that, that the devil is like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. John, John, and John 10.10, 10, it says that the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. We know those things. David knew those things too. And he knew that What he was facing in this giant of Goliath was no different than the lion or the bear that God had given him victory over. What we need to do in our lives is recount the times that the Lord has delivered us from our enemies, has delivered us from the snares of life, has given us hope and a future. As I was reading this and studying it, I began to think about David and the many psalms that he wrote. And one that we, I believe all of us know, is the 23rd Psalm. But I want us to look particularly at the fourth verse. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thy rod and thy staff will comfort me. How does a stick like this bring comfort? What's he talking about? What does a rod and a staff represent in that scripture? 
I looked up the words to see what the, the Hebrew words for rod and staff were. And this is what I found. A rod is the Hebrew word Shabbat. And it can mean a stick for punishment. You know, spare the rod and spoil the child. Um, it can also mean an instrument for writing. An instrument for fighting. It represents ruling. It can simply mean a walking stick. It can mean a stick of correction. I thought about that one as how a shepherd would use his rod. You know, for fighting. He, obviously, he used that rod to kill the lion and the bear because he said, I grabbed him by the hair and I struck him and killed him. But for correction... You're walking along, the sheep are going along, and one starts to stray off the path. Just kind of gently tap it back. Correct its path. It also can mean a dart. They could have used that to throw it like a spear. It also means scepter, which relates to king, to authority, to power. And another thing that the rod represents is a tribe, a group of people, a called and chosen people. We at VCC are a tribe. We are a group of believers. We are people that go by the name of Christians. A staff. Mishanath. It means support, like what I've been doing here for most of the morning now, leaning on this staff, supporting me. Gives me something to do with my hands. Um, It also means protection. Again, that aspect of, of a weapon, both offensive and defensive. Means a walking stick. Something that helps you as you're going down a trail to keep your balance, to keep your footing sure. And I thought about that, a walking stick and, and protection. And I thought about Rick, and we were talking earlier this year about ice fishing and how you take a ice bar and hit the ice out in front of you to see if it's safe to go on. And the one thing that I found quite fascinating that staff means is sustenance. Sustenance is food and drink, nourishment. That which is needed for you to exist. You were right, Alan. It just isn't going to stay there. Um, which brought, brought me to this thought about Jesus when he was tempted in the wilderness. The devil came to him in Luke chapter 4 and told him to turn the stones into bread. And Jesus' response in verse 4 was, man does not live by bread alone. And he quoted that from Deuteronomy 
Deuteronomy 8, verse 3. And what it... I'll turn to it quick. Is it up there now? Okay. And I thought this was very interesting because what I remember that scripture as being before I looked it up was that man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. But the first part, he says, he humbled you, causing you to hunger and then fed you with manna, which neither you or your ancestors had known, to teach you that man does not live on bread alone, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of the Lord. It's interesting how we've been talking in adult Sunday school about the wilderness time, about how they grumbled and complained, and they they were kept in the wilderness for 40 years because of it, because of their disobedience. And yet God provided everything they need for sustenance, everything for their survival. I would say to you this morning that this piece of stick I have here that I'm calling a rod and a staff today represents the word of the living God. Last week in Mike's message, we went into... Second Timothy 3, verses 16 and 17. And it says that Scripture is God-breathed. And it's useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. Directing. Moving us, gently moving us over. Sometimes with a strong rebuke. Sometimes with a gentle word. But the word is there. The word is, can be a staff to us. It can be a walking stick. It is a walking stick. It's something that we can lean on. That we can get stability from. That we can test the ice out in front of us. That's what the Word of God is. And that's how David found comfort in thy rod and thy staff. Because he knew what God had told his people before him. And he knew what God was telling him. Because he spent time with God. We later learn that David was referred to as a man after God's own heart. Are we men and women after God's own heart? Is he the one we seek first when we have the lions and the bears and the giants in our life? Is he who we turn to? Or do we rely on our own understanding? Proverbs 
3, 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not unto your own understanding. In all your ways submit to him and he will make your paths straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. And this will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. The Lord wants to provide for our every need. He wants to strengthen our frame. He wants us healed and whole. We know that from his word. When we study his word and it gets into our heart, when it becomes real in our lives, we will see God move in our lives. We need to take him seriously. We need to take our walk with him seriously. He will provide. He will protect. He will deliver. He will restore. He will heal. Because his word says that it will, that he will. And his word is truth. And his word is powerful. And we need it inside of us. I want to encourage all of us to deliberately take time to be with the Lord, to call upon Him, to pray, to seek His face, to ask Him for wisdom, to help us in our unbelief and in our doubt. Because we're human. We struggle. But in Christ, we can be complete. We can be made whole. The joy of the Lord is my strength. So if we continue on with this story of David and Goliath, I'm going to move on to uh, the latter part of verse 39. David had tried on the armor of of Saul because Saul told him to, but David said, I can't go in these things because I am not used to them. So he took them off. What did he take? He took what he was used to. His staff and his shepherd's bag with five Smooth stones. They were what he was accustomed to. They were what he knew how to use. And why was it he knew how to use those things? Because they were part of his everyday life. If the scriptures are not part of our everyday life, we are not going to be accustomed to them. And then when the giants show up, and the lions and the bear, we panic. I know somewhere in there it says something about this situation, if I could just remember. It's hard to remember if you don't know in the first place. The only way we know is by spending time in the Word. 
David spent time out there watching the sheep. And his staff was always with him. And his sling. And his shepherd's pouch. So it said he took his staff in hand and chose five smooth stones from the stream. Put them in the pouch of his shepherd's bag. And with his sling in hand, he approached the Philistine. He went forth with courage, with conviction, with determination. He was going to face this giant. And he was confident that God would deliver him into his hands, just like he had done with the lion, just like he had done with the bear. He knew in his heart that it would be so. It doesn't say this here, but I think about, you know, the, the Hebrew children when they were thrown into the furnace. They said, our God is able, but even if he doesn't deliver us, we're still not going to bow. I don't know if thoughts like that went through David's head or not. But David knew he was walking into a valley of the shadow of death. And why did he take five smooth stones with him? Is there significance to that? I have heard told and from different, several different sources that they could represent the five-fold ministry gifts. Maybe they do, maybe they don't. But what are the five-fold ministry gifts for? They're to encourage and equip the body of Christ. So I can see where that comparison can be drawn. Maybe he picked five stones because that's all that would fit in the shepherd's bag. Maybe he took five stones because he was being prepared for what might happen next. Because he was confident that the Lord would deliver Goliath to him. But who else was behind Goliath? What was going to happen after Goliath was dead? Were a bunch of Philistines going to come down after David? Um, Were there other giants out there kind of waiting in the wings? David was prepared. And my question to you today is, Are you prepared? After you slay the giant with the Lord's help, the giant that's in your life, are you prepared for what comes next? Could be a good day. Could be a bad day. We need to give it all to Jesus regardless. I want to back up to verse 33 where Saul does whatever he can to discourage David. He said, you are not able to go out against this Philistine and fight him. You're only a young man. And he's been a warrior from his youth. Saul looked at this little kid and said, "Hmm, you don't know anything about war. You don't know what you're facing. How many times are there people in our lives that discourage us like that? 
tell us, you haven't been around long enough. What you don't realize is, yeah, that's, a, that's really a neat dream you've got. That's really a nice goal. But when you've been around as long as I have, you're going to know that that ain't going to happen. It ain't going to work. So get ready for disappointment. Because that's life. And that's where David said no. He began to recount the victories in his life. You know, there's another aspect of a, a real genuine rod and staff back in those days. Is they didn't carry around a journal. They didn't carry around a smartphone that they could dictate to. But when something happened in their lives, they would make etchings on their staff. They would make markings representing major events, important things in their life. So it's very possible, as David was standing before King Saul and he said, I've gone up against the lion and the bear. He held up the stick and pointed to it, places where he had killed the, the lion and the bear. He said, this happened on this date. And this happened over here. For those of you that are journalers, I admire you. It is something that I've never really developed. Never been much of a writer. And I can give all kinds of excuses for it. They're all pretty lame. But write down your prayer requests. And then write down the answers. They may not always be the answer you wanted, but write down the answer you got. And then when the next thing comes along, you can go back and say, yeah, I've heard from God before. I know he speaks to me. You can encourage yourself and you can encourage others around you. Yeah, God hears my prayers. God answers my prayers. God gives me victory. God gives me what I need. He is my sustenance. He is my drink and my bread. He is the one that gives me strength and endurance. He's the one I can lean on. He's the one I can depend on. He's faithful to the end. He's always there. Write those things down so you can share it with others. So that you can be an encourager, not a discourager. When someone comes up to you and tells you their dream, their goal, don't be the one that says no. Be the one that says, I'd like to come alongside you. Maybe there's something I can do to help you. Maybe I can be that one that you can lean on sometimes. That physical shoulder you need. That ear you need to talk to. It's easy for us to say, well, yeah, I'm going to pray for you. And I'm going to trust for you. I'm trust God will, will answer your prayers. And we go on our merry way. And we don't pray. If we're really honest with ourselves, we don't. We don't even give it a second thought. We need to write it down. We need to mark it on our calendar. I need to pray for so-and-so for this dream they have. 
Because we also know from the psalmist that he says that the Lord gives us the desires of our hearts. The Lord puts in us a plan and a purpose and a goal for our life. He gives us that. If we're listening. If we're watching. If we're truly hearing. And again, he gives us what we need to fulfill that. David knew what his calling was. Prior to this, David had been anointed to be the next king of Israel. There was going to be some time passing before it came to be, but he knew what had happened to him. He knew he was anointed to be king. We see two examples of, of two leaders here in this story. Saul had pretty much given up Saul wasn't leading his men. He was sitting back in his tent, being comfortable, as comfortable as he could be. David knew he was called to a role of leadership. David knew that someday that rod and staff he carried was going to be a royal scepter as he ruled his nation, as he ruled his people, as he served as the hands and feet of God. And he took his rightful place. And he said, somebody's got to do something about this Philistine. I'm called to be a leader. I'm going to lead. I would challenge you. There are many out here called to be leaders. Are you accepting that challenge? Are you accepting that role? Are you preparing yourself? Are you spending time with the Lord? Are you finding answers in the scripture? Are you seeking his direction and how this is going to come to be? And when an opportunity provides itself, are you stepping up? Are you being that somebody that's going to do something about it? Or like so many of us, are we just going to sit back and Hope that someone else sees the need and somebody else will do it for us. Because we are so busy. We have so much important things to do. We've got family to take care of and we've got needs to meet and bills to pay and we've got a lot of stuff going on in our lives. That's not the right answer. God provides if we just stop and look and listen to what God is telling us, where God is directing us. He makes a way. He makes a way for us. You know... Mike said something to me the other day when I told him I was going to bring a stick up here. He quoted from a former president who once said, carry a big stick and speak softly. This is our big stick. 
The Word of God is our big stick. But I challenge you not to speak softly. I would challenge you this day to be like David, who was very vocal, who wrote many psalms, and in those psalms, he proclaimed the goodness of God. He praised his Lord. He let everyone know. I believe it's Psalms 78 I'd like us to turn to. Verses 1 through 4. My people hear my teachings. Listen to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth with a parable. I will utter hidden things, things from old, things we have heard and known, things our ancestors have told us. We will not hide them from their descendants. We will tell to the next generation the praiseworthy deeds of the Lord, of his power and the wonders he has done. Do we do that? When we come up against a challenge in our life, do we proclaim the wondrous deeds that the Lord has done? When someone challenges our faith, do we share the Word of God with them? Do we share the truth of the Scriptures? As people who believe in Jesus as our Lord and Savior, who accept the fact that he went to the cross and died for our sins, made the ultimate sacrifice, and that he rose and he lives and reigns forever. Are we willing to share that with others with boldness and with conviction? That's our challenge today, to be bold and courageous, to go forth and share the good news of the gospel. how it brings us to a place of peace brings us to a place of rest it gives us everything that we need to sustain us for his word is our drink and our meat it's what we need every day every day 